Maturity in God helps us, us to have confidence and assurance that God has the power to meet our request. Maturity in our faith helps us to see how powerful, mighty, strong, and unlimited that our God is. He is the ultimate power source. In other words, there's nothing I can't ask God for, he can't answer. You're now in tune to the Heaven Bound broadcast with Pastor Richard D. Dobbs of Overcomers Christian Center in Villarica, Georgia. Now prepare to be empowered and equipped with the rich word of God. Notice, if you would, the book of Luke chapter 11 and verse 13. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? I want you to notice the latter part of that particular text. It simply, I'm saying it simply says, but it reads as follows. How much more will your heavenly father give? Notice he's not, he's giving you something specific. The Holy Spirit. You may get money, you may get a lot of different things, but he's giving you the Holy Spirit. But notice the requirement before he gives it to you. You need to ask him. You need to ask him. Not only do you need to ask, you may need to ask him again. I already have it, but yes, I need to ask him again. And based on that, I want to talk to you from this topic. Have you asked for the Holy Spirit? Have you asked for the Holy Spirit? Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you so much for your many blessings. And thank you for your presence in this sanctuary. I pray, Father, as we go into the word of God, that our hearts and minds are ready to receive knowledge and understanding. And we bind the enemy that will try to distract, call it, bring hindrance, anger, pride, whatever it is. We bind it. We cast it out. Father, prepare our minds to receive the word of God. And I pray, Father, as we go through this message, this word, the word of God, you open up our understanding. And when we receive your word, we will apply it and we will operate under the unction and the power of the Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you for your presence here this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Let those that agree say amen. When a person wants something from someone else, the proper way to get it is to ask for it. This would be if he or she really wants what the other person has or he or she deems it important enough to ask for it. When I ask for something, I am inquiring about it. I'm curious about it. I'm showing an interest in what I am asking for or about. See, an interest suggests that I want to know or learn more about something or someone. And as I gather that information, I learn about that person, I learn about that thing I'm inquiring about, I will determine, determine whether or not it's worthy of me asking about. If I deem it worthy and I really want, want to know what it is, I want it, I will ask for that particular item. Ask can be defined as to request or request to do or give something. It also means to say something in order to obtain an answer or some type of information. 
For example, if I see a nice, delicious-looking, freshly baked bread, I'm, the way it looks, it looks freshly baked. I may inquire from the, what type of bread it is. Is it fresh or do I have, and do you have butter and honey available to go with the bread? If I want that piece of bread sitting beside you, I will ask you to pass me the bread. After you pass me the bread, I will say thank you for passing me the bread. Why? That's the proper way we should do it. I saw the bread as something I wanted. I saw you as the person who could help me get that bread. So I asked you to pass the bread to me. The bread was sitting right beside you. It was in arm's length of you. I couldn't reach it on my own. I couldn't get it on my own. So I know you. if you took your hand or took what your means by what you have and you can make it available to me, you pass that particular item to me, I know you got the power to do it. I know you got the power to pass it to me. And so uh, I want that bread. I, I, the bread looked good. I don't know if it's good or not, but it looked good, okay? It looked good. You tell me, you give me a description of the bread, you tell me it's, hey, I just cooked this bread and it came out the oven five, ten minutes ago. I see the heat coming off the bread. I said, oh, Lord, that, that, that bread look good right there. And then over, over there, you see some bread and you see some honey over there. You see a little butter over there. And, and then your mouth get the water. You're a little hungry anyway. So, you know, oh, Lord, can, can I have a piece of that bread right there? You're like, oh, yeah, you can have some of that bread right there. All you got to do is just ask for it. Just ask for it. Now, another way of looking at the same scenario is like this. You see the bread beside me. And you say, I don't want the bread. So I'm not going to ask you to pass me the bread. The bread's within your grasp. I see the bread within your grasp. I see the heat coming off the, off the, off the bread. I, I see the butter beside you. I see the uh, uh, honey beside you. I see that old, that old uh, syrup beside you, that sorghum syrup beside you. And I say, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Sorry, y'all may not know what that syrup is. I'm sorry. Let me just say it in plain so y'all know what I'm talking about. Serve, just this serve, just get this say serve right there. You, I see it beside you, and um, but you know, I just I said, I'm not gonna ask you for the bread, I'm not gonna ask you for it. I'm just, it's gonna sit there, it look pretty to me, but I'm still not gonna ask you for it. Uh, I got, I know you got the capability to pass it to me, I know you could give me the honey and the serve, but I don't ask you for it, I don't ask you for it by all accounts. I know you got the ability to give it to me, but I don't deem valuable or something that I want. See, today's text, we gain a greater understanding of the fact that the Holy Spirit was in the power of God to give to us, but we must ask the Father for the Holy Spirit. We got to ask him for it. We got to ask him for it. And see, the Holy Spirit must be what we want. And we're willing, we're ready and prepared to ask for it because we deem the Holy Spirit valuable to us. And see, in my mind, when how I ask for the Holy Spirit has a tremendous factor on whether or not I receive the Holy Spirit. In other words, my mindset, my beliefs, my attitudes can help me or assist me or it could hinder me or create difficulties regarding my ability to receive the Holy Spirit. 
See, many of us are gaining a greater understanding that my attitude, the way that I think and feel about something, can play a significant role uh, in whether or not I receive the things from others, especially if I receive spiritual and natural things from God. I need a godly attitude. And the Holy Spirit is no exception. My attitude in the way that I ask in my opinion, impacts or has a strong effect on the way that the Father responds to my request. I believe if I ask with confidence, what I mean by confidence, trusting and relying on Jesus, uh, he will respond in a favorable manner. Let's go over to the book of 1 John chapter 5, and verse 14 and verse 15. The book of 1 John chapter 5, Verse 14 and verse 15. I want to read it to you in entirety and then come back and talk to you a little bit about it. 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 reads as follows. Now, this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. Again, now notice this is the confidence. This is the courage, the boldness, as well as the assurance that we have in him. That if we ask, if we have a desire, if we have a craving for anything, but notice the, notice the caveat to it, anything according to his will, anything according to his purpose, anything according to his choices, anything to his de- according to his desires, anything that is in the purpose of God, he hears us. He understands us. He learns that we're in line with his will. Now, according to this text, if I want God to hear me and understand what I am saying, that when I approach him, it should be to ask for things that are according to his will, his purpose, his choices, his plans, and so forth. Now, this is what you need to know about that. It takes time to get to the place where you're constantly asking for what's in the will of God. You've got to learn his word in order to ask for what's in his will. You got to study his will in order to know his will. Listen, and don't be mad if you come up a little bit short. Just continue to ask him till you get in line with his will. I've been with God long enough to know that I've asked God for things that I thought was in his will, but he knew better than what I did. He knew better than what I did. And sometimes when you ask God to do certain things, Lord, not my will, but your will be done, that might get your flesh put to the cross. Because that's what happened to Jesus. And that put his flesh to the cross, but we're so much better because it did. And sometimes our flesh needs to be put to the cross because it makes our life so much better when we do. Mm, They get me the amens right there, but that's a good point right there. I'm not asking in my will, but I want to be confident that he hears me. I must align my desires to his desires. When we ask in this matter, it takes our confidence, boldness, and assurance to another level. A high level of confidence suggests that my trust is growing in him and I am relying on Jesus. When my confidence increases, my understanding that he hears me increases, I begin to ask and receive what I petition for. 
That's according to his written and revealed word. First John 5 and 15. And if we know that he hears us, if we understand and gain an understanding that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have or possess or we're laying hold of or clinging to the petitions that we have asked of him. Maturity in God helps us, us to have confidence and assurance that God has the power to meet our request. Maturity in our faith helps us to see how powerful, mighty, strong, and unlimited that our God is. He is the ultimate power source. In other words, there's nothing I can't ask God for he can't answer. There's nothing. You can't bring a sickness to God that he can't heal. You can't bring a need to God he can't supply. You can't bring a financial need to God that he does not already know about. Listen, there's nothing you can't bring to God that he cannot uh, resolve and give you what you need or the answers that you need. There's nothing because he has an unlimited power source, unlimited what he can do in our life. And at times, due to our lack of maturity or carnal nature, our request to God may be all over the place. Not only our, our excuse me, not only can they be all over the place, but our desires can easily not align with his will or purpose for my life, especially when it's something that we want. In other words, I need to pray, seek God in his will, for seek God for his word and his will for my life and pray that I am. In, one thing I got to pray is I'm in line with his will. I got to make sure I'm in line with his will. You know, that's a powerful prayer that Jesus said, hey, not my will, but your will be done. Hey, Father, let this cup pass from me. Listen, I, I know I'm in the will, but hey, that, that's a struggle going on right here. There's a struggle going on right here. And the more we believe that the Lord hears or understands our requests, then we know that we have, have or possess the petitions that we ask. I'm telling you, you grow up when you ask God to do something, and then he just says, hey, you know what? Trust me with this. And then you're happy with that. See, no, no I'm, I lost some of y'all right there. When I say you happy with it, you say, I'm, I don't know about that all the time. Let me tell you something. Sometimes you ask God and you got line upon line scripture. And you're mature enough to believe that it's going to come to pass one day in your life. May not come today, but it's going to come to pass in your life. He may not pay off your debts today, but you believe he's going to pay them all. You, you may not, he may not hear your body right this second, but you know he can hear your body. You know God ain't making regulate your mind, but it may take a few days for your mind to get regulated, right? He got the power in order to do it. God got the power to do it. You, you want God to move coworkers. You want God to remove certain situations that you're dealing with. But God may not move it, but you're okay with that because you know God is more than enough. You more than enough. He can do all things save fail. In 1 John 5 and 15. And if we know we have an understanding, we gain an understanding uh, that he hears us whenever we ask, we know that we have or possess or lay hold or cling to the petitions that we have asked of him. See, what I like about the instruction in the text is that the word lets me know that I have, I have to make requests, make my requests known to God by asking. It's hard to meet an unknown request. Let me say that to you again. It is hard to meet an unknown request. You got to ask God for it. I asked God for $30 million plus. $30 million? Yes. Plus. 
So if you want to go higher than that, I ain't got no problem with it. Plus. Now, I don't know what you ask. You may ask for more. You may ask for less. But ask him. I just say ask him. You won't go, you, you're going through a sickness and you're, like, you're struggling which in your head or in your mind or whatever or your body. Ask God to heal you. Listen, ask God to heal you. Don't be saying, I don't know if God going to heal me or not. Ask him first. Ask him first. And God, if you, you want to heal me this very hour, I ain't got no problem with it. Just like you did for that person that you went by, uh, excuse me, that came and asked you to heal them. And then that very hour she was healed. You say, God, that very hour, if you want to heal me, you're welcome to it. I ain't going to be mad with you one bit. But if you want, want, you want to wait a couple of days, that's your priority. Because you know what I need better than I do. Follow his plan. Don't be afraid afraid or get uh, upset because it doesn't happen on your timetable. And I know how it is because I'm, I'm, listen, I'm preaching to the choir right now. I know how it is. God moves when he wants to and sometimes it's not going to be as fast as he wanted to. Hallelujah. When we, in my opinion, I believe that we have to make the request known so that we can recognize when the petition is met. And that's truly believe why I believe he wants us to make the request no, so that when he meets the need, you say, oh, God met that need. It's not like you say, this didn't happen by no happen circumstance. God met the need. I'm riding down the road and God met the need. I'm doing this, that, and the other, but God met the need. I asked him for it. In my mind, I asked him for it and God met the need. And so I know if God met the need, that builds my confidence in him. I I didn't think a job met the need. I didn't think a person met the need. I didn't think a company made the need, met the need. I didn't think the government met the need. I say God met the need. Listen, I appreciate the doctor, but God used the doctor to meet the need. I want to know that God met the need. And when he met the need, I give him glory. Because if he met that need, he'll meet other needs in my life. If he met that need and met, met needs last year and the year before and the year before, he'll meet the needs in July, in August, in September, and in the, the future to come. Because sometimes you look at how God going to do this. Sometimes God will meet every need in the month and say, hey, and see if you're satisfied with it. I appreciate you meeting every need this month, God. Woo, the month of May, God, you have met every need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Woo, thank you for meeting the needs, Jesus. And so we see that God is a promise keeper with our own eyes. Nobody got to tell you when, you when you ask God to do something and you see with your own eyes, you're like, oh, God, he did that thing. I needed my car fixed and he, he got that thing fixed, boy. I needed this and he got that thing done. You see it with your own eyes. You hear other testimonies about it. You read others in scripture, but you when God meets your, you see it for yourself. Oh, that brings confidence. See, therefore, it helps you to testify that God can do all things, save, fail. When you see God do it, you, that's a good testimony. See, and can't nobody tell the story like you tell the story. You like say, God did this. Woo, thank you for doing it, God. I saw you do it for the Hebrew boys. I saw you do it for Peter and John and Paul. But God, you met the needs of Richard. Richard, yeah, you met those needs, and God, I thank you for it. And so I can testify to the fact 
that he meets, he meets needs. Not only is it he met needs in Bible time, he meets needs in 2023. And if he meet needs in 2023, he's the same God yesterday, today, and forevermore. He'll meet needs the rest of this year and every, every need that rises in your life. In fact, he knows your need better than you do. <laughs> Glory be to God. Woo! Sometimes I do not receive because I do not ask. Or I want to, on the, uh, excuse me, I want to use what I ask for in a manner that pleases me more than it pleases God. Now, according to God's word, if we don't ask, then we don't have. When we ask God for things to consume, we ask God to consume things on our own carnal desires, hey, that's a no-go. God is not empowering and equipping us to sin or stray away from him. Let's go to James chapter 4, verse 2. James chapter 4, verse 2. James chapter 4 and verse 2. And the Bible reads as follows. You lust and do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war. Yet you do not have because you do not ask. You do not have because you do not ask. Listen, one thing you will not possess or own because you do not ask. Now, one of the things that you got to understand is this. You have to learn what to ask for. You have to learn what to ask for. Sometimes people just don't know what to ask for. That's why they come to a house of God like this, receive knowledge and understanding, so you'll know what to ask for. Know what to ask for. When I go see my mechanic sometimes, there's some things I don't even know what to ask for because I just didn't know. So they bring it to my attention, and I know what to ask for. When it comes to the things of God, you need somebody to teach you so you will know what to ask for. You can be going to church your whole life and not even know that God to do certain things for you. But God will reveal them to you, and when he does, it's up to put that word into action. When he shows you what to ask for, ask him for. God's not trying to keep anything away from you. He knows that you need certain things, so he's got to put it in his word to show you what to ask for. Show you what to ask for. Now, when I know what to ask for, it gives me hope that every promise I ask of God, I can expect to receive it in his timing. In his timing. Everybody say, in his timing. Boy, that's a, that's a powerful word right there. Because if not, you get frustrated, mad, disappointed, saying this don't work and everything else like this. But understand, in his timing. James chapter 4, verse 3. You ask and do not receive because you, uh, you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. Now, this is when you ask with the wrong motives. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss or improperly or wrongly. Notice what he says, that you may spend it, squander it, or consume it on your pleasures, your desires, or your enjoyment. When I ask God for things, resources, positions, and influence, and squander or consume them on my own desires, the word says that I'm asking amiss. I'm asking wrongly. 
In other words, we're asking wrongly and not in a proper manner. And see, God is a man of his word. As mentioned before, it says he is going to do a particular thing. He's going to make it happen. He's a promise keeper. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20 reads as follows. For all the promises of God in him are yes and excuse me, in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. So he says every promise, every promise, every blessing, every announcement of something good of God. No, it's not of man, but of God. God can back up his word, y'all. He can back it up. You ain't got to worry. You ain't got to fret. You ain't got to be mad. You ain't got to be upset. God can back up his word. Man will fall up short, people can come up short, government can come up short, but God will not come up short. If he said he's going to do it, nothing can stop God from doing it. Nothing can stop God from doing it. Not even you can stop God from doing what he said he's going to do. Not even you. But he said, because he says it's yes, truly and assured in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. Every blessing that God is and has been proclaimed and announced to us is yes and amen. It's done. Everybody say it's done. Thank God. He want to deliver you? It's done. He want to protect you? It's done. He want to prosper you? It's done. Now, when God does it, or excuse me, as he's doing it, I should put it to you like this, we thank him for it. Thank you, God. I appreciate you doing that, God. Ooh, I appreciate you doing what you did, God. See, we understand it's done. God has the power, the resources, the means, and the ability to perform his word and bring his word to pass in our life. Remember Isaiah said, his word should not return back to his void, but it should accomplish everything he's sending out to do. I believe he wants his promises to be fulfilled in our life. His promises are for God to fulfill and us to receive. Woo, thank you for fulfilling your promise, God. And, I, and I'm, I'd be happy to receive it. I don't know if y'all remember a time. Well, I used to be like this, and I pray you never get like this. It used to be a time where I don't want God to do anything for me, y'all. I'm just going to be a humble servant. I don't want nothing from God. When I was asking everybody else for everything else, though, but I wasn't asking God for anything. I wanted everybody else to do everything for me, but I wasn't asking God for anything. Boy, I had to change that up because people are limited. And sometimes people don't want you to have stuff. And God will put it like this. Well, if you want to give it to them, I'll give it to them another way. God has ways to get stuff to you. I'm telling you, he has a ways to get stuff to you. And man will say, hey, I don't want to give them a raise. Well, okay, then I just cancel some of their debt then. Y- y'all didn't get that debt. Some of y'all didn't get that, did you? I mean, you know, if they don't want to give you a raise, God can cancel your debt. It's just as good as a raise to me. I can get a good raise. This counts on my house note. That'd be a good raise to me. And man could keep their salary at the right rate they want it. But that'd be a good raise because God can do all things. He's not sitting around looking around. Well, you know, he ain't worried about no man stopping his blessing. He is the God that says, my word is not going to return back to me void. He's not going to return it back to me void. When we ask God for a promise or a blessing according to his will, we should look to receive because it aligns with his desire for our life. If we're honest, we know from Wednesday night Bible study that honesty is a strength. And sometimes we'd ask God to do things and give us things for the wrong reasons. And let me say this to you. When I wrote this, I I was saying I'm guilty of this, God. I've asked you for stuff for the wrong reasons. Moving forward, we need to practice asking God for his reasons, not for selfish reasons. 
We don't ask God for his resource and squander them on our own pleasures or desires. He blessed with something good, beneficial, and better, but yet we want to consume it on our own lust. Rather than us using what he gives us to advance his will and to be a blessing, he, we use it to advance our will. For example, we can ask God for financial blessing, able to give more and help advance God's kingdom directly and indirectly. But once we get the new job, the new promotion or debt counsel, we take the blessing, consume it on what we want to advance. We want to advance our own desires. I got this boat desire. The boat desire, the boat desire. Woo, got desire for boat. I know God canceled the debt so I can get me a boat. No, that's wrong. Now, he, I, I, I promise you probably got no desire. He has no problem with you getting the boat. But you need to look at what the kingdom purpose is first. Then, if it lines up with his will, get your boat. Get your boat. The money is good, but our motives can be underdeveloped and focus more on us rather than the will of the Father. And we got to know the will of the Father, y'all. We got to know his purpose, his desire. Listen, I, I understand he canceled that. But some, a lot of times when he canceled that for us, that's a t- chance for me to raise that offering up. That's a chance to raise that offering up. That's the time to give more. Because I say, God, you, you put me in a position to give more. Because if I give more, you'll cancel more debt for me. I give more, I, may not, I might buy my next car with cash. I give more, I might buy my next house with cash. I give more, I may buy some rental property with cash. Are y'all seeing here? God will show us how to do it. He'll show us how to do it. Now, we go back to the main test. We see that asking is important. Asking with the proper mindset and attitude and level of confidence even more important, especially when we're asking God for various things. I believe that we ask the Lord for the Holy Spirit, he will give it to us. We see this promise in Luke chapter 11 and verse, th- 11 and verse 13. If you then being evil, twisted and wicked, know how to give good, useful, beneficial, and excellent gifts to your children. But you know how God started that thing out, boy, in Luke chapter 11 and 13. Call us evil, but we give good gifts. <laughs> to who? Children. Children. To children. How much more will Heavenly Father give, supply, or furnish, or extend the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? One of the things he, what I believe he's talking about there is, compared to God, you are evil. That's why we need, he makes us the righteous of God through the blood of Jesus. You can't compare yourself to God. I mean, there's no, no comparison right there. But one thing you would know, though, he said even we as human beings can give good gifts. We can give good gifts. You can give a good gift to your child. That's what he's saying here. And let's be gifts. We've been giving good gifts to our children, and we thought it was good. Thank you, boy. Amen. Lord, I like to give right here. I'm going to give it to my child. You felt good about giving it to your child, too, didn't you? Woo. He said, ooh, that's a good gift. You, ever, you probably didn't make a statement like this, but I said this. I wish I had that when I was a child. Mm-hmm. Yet, he goes on to say, how much more, how much greater will our Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit his divine nature to those who ask him? You say, what am I asking when I, when I ask for the Holy Spirit? When I ask for the Holy Spirit, I'm asking this. I'm asking for that which is pure, blameless, sacred, and holy. I'm asking God to breathe his spirit in me. 
to supply me with his character, his nature, his way of doing things. When I ask for the Holy Spirit, I'm asking for his spirit to influence me, to guide me, and govern my thinking, my talking, and my actions. I'm asking for the Holy Spirit. Now, let's examine three good, solid biblical reasons why the Holy Spirit is essential as well as important to a believer and why we should ask for it. Number one, he's a helper. He's a helper. John 14, verse 26. And let me say this. He's helped every believer I know. Every believer. And he has not failed in how he helped us. And let me, let me say one more fact before I read this. When he helped us, sometimes we didn't think it was help. But we, in the long run, it was help. It was help. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Notice, the helper is an aid, it's assist. And it pleads the cause of another. Whom the Father will send in my name. Go send in the name of Jesus. He's going to, notice what he's going to do. He's going to teach you, instruct you, and impart and instill doctrine to you on every subject matter available to you. And he's going to bring it, he's going to recall to your remembrance all things that I said to you. There's not a subject matter that God would not help you with. But you need to understand his help it's not always going to be the way you think it should be. But you got to be okay with that. It takes a mature Christian to understand God's help. Because sometimes God's help will lead you to the va- <laughs> will lead you to the cross. Sometimes his help will say, hey, deny yourself. Sometimes his help will say, I need you to give a little more. Sometimes his help will say, put the plate aside. I need to fast. And God is helping you. And sometimes you think God is going to run to your rescue and get you out. And he'll let you fall into the valley. Or like, let's give me three Hebrew boys. They went into uh, that situation they went into with that line. And God was there with them the whole time, though. Because they looked in that fire, boy, and they said, I see four people in that fire. Four people in that fire. You would think God wasn't helping those folks, but he was helping them the whole time. Let me tell you something. You go through some stuff right now. You're probably in some stuff right now, and God is helping you, but it may not seem like help. You know what's developing you? Stamina. Integrity. You trust in God now like you never trusted him before. Because God is taking you through it. It may not seem like help, but God knows how to help his people. Because he's after the long term. We have the short fixes. And I'll be honest with you, I, I can preach this all day because I know this me right here. I like the short fix, but God's after the long, long-term, long-term effect. He's helping me by giving me a better character, better morality, and so forth. So the Holy Spirit is helping by aiding, assisting, and bringing relief to us. He's doing that, but he's doing it his way. He's doing it his way. You know when Jesus prayed that prayer? It was a powerful prayer. Not my will, but your will be done. That, we, that Listen, we prayed that. He was, the Lord helped him. But remember, he didn't stop what we had to go through, though. 
And he's not stopping what we got to go through to go through neither. He also teaches and imparts instructions, the teachings of Jesus, and imparts wisdom for us in every area of our life as long as we acknowledge him. But I remember going through, and, and sometimes, <laughs> but I don't know about you. I went through that financial thing, boy. God taught me about money. Because I didn't want to learn all them lessons, but he taught me, though. But I appreciate him teaching me, though. I'm a better steward because of it. I'm, t- I'm telling you, he'll say, okay, Dob, you can do it your way. I remember boy, that check bounced for $179. 179, y'all. Not a hundred, not thousand seventy nine, one hundred and seventy nine dollars. With pooch out, bounce ball, bounce ball like a rubber ball. <laughs> but he taught me about what money. Then I said, God, if I if I can help it, that never that, that, never happen again. And so, praise God, it happened. It happened, and I appreciate God doing that. He taught me about money then. That's why it's important that you acknowledge him in all your ways, and he shall direct your paths. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 6. That's why I learned how to recognize him and consider his ways. And then he's going to direct you. He's going to make your path smooth and straight. See, the help of the Holy Spirit is there to teach us in every area of our life and bring back lessons we may have forgotten. See, the helper will teach us how to pray and the importance of prayer. Listen, you, you can stop praying for a minute, and then you're like, "Woo, I need to pray again. Woo, I need to pray again. Woo, I need to pray again. Got a little slack in your prayer. He would teach us how to witness the importance of sharing Jesus as well as how to share Jesus with others. You, you say, I, I, oh, I got this thing down. But people are different. What's going to work for one person may not be, have the same effect on another person. And we have to learn how to share Jesus with people. Got to learn how to share Jesus with people. Got to learn how to have his compassion for his people. And remember, the same Jesus that got you out can get your neighbor out or get other people out. He can do that. The Holy Spirit will show us how to show his love and that he is the source of love. You know what a source is. And that source needs to be Jesus. If you put your source in something else, it will eventually run out. It will eventually run out. But Jesus, he never runs out. He has an unlimited resource. And there is no topic the Holy Spirit does not know extensively about and can help us with the process. See, the helper is the ultimate source of support, assistance, and relief to life's problems, struggles, and stresses. God will help you to get rid of those things. Boy, you'll learn how to cast your care upon him, for he cares for you. You'll be going through the same thing that you went through two years ago. This time you're going through it. Man, I ain't going to lose no sleep over this. Because God got this thing. He got the battle. Let the Lord fight my battle. Why am I fighting this battle? I fought this battle, same exact battle, different people, Two years ago. And now I got, I'm in the same battle. I need to learn how to let it go. The helper will help us in our finances, witnessing, decision making, character development, maturing as a Christian, being a faith walker, being single as well as married, and every being a, 
student, being a college student, being a tech student, being whatever you are, Jesus will help you. Business owner, God will help you. He will help you. But you got to ask him. He'll help you. He's a helper. Another area that the Holy Spirit, why I believe the Holy Spirit is so important because we need truth. John 16 and 13. John 16 and 13. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he's going to guide you. He's going to lead you. He's going to teach you into, well, I love this, all truth. All truth. Not some, but all truth. What is accurate under any circumstance, free from error. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he's going to tell you, he's going to announce to you, he's going to make known to you what's coming your way. Now, one thing about God, his announcement to you may not, he may not tell you everything that's coming, but he will prepare you for what's coming. He'll prepare you. Those announcements he made to you, he is going to help you with that process. And I love the first part of that text. When the spirit of truth has come. When it's come. He comes after you're born again. But notice when he comes, he's going to guide and teach us all truth. And so after you're born again, he's going to teach and guide you into all truth the rest of your Christian life. The rest of your Christian life. There is not a day that truth is not working in your life as a born-again Christian. Not one day. Not one day. You may not get it exactly right, but truth is working on revealing what's accurate in your life. What's free from error in your life. Truth teaches us what is accurate according to God's precepts. And truth is important because its avenue, a roadmap, is making us free to carry out the will of God for our lives. What's the purpose of truth? To make you free to carry out the will of God. Truth is not there as a license to do what you want to do. It's there to help you to carry out the will of God for your life. John chapter 8 and verse 32 reads as follows. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And you shall know, understand, and perceive truth. And that truth is going to make you free. Free to do what? Carry out the will of God. You need truth to carry out the will of God. And the spirit of truth will reveal, reveal spiritual as well as natural truth to you. I mean, God doesn't just limit it to spiritual things. He is, he'll, limit, he'll reveal to you natural as well as spiritual truth. And God's truth gives us a better understanding of the word of God and how to apply his word in every area of our life. The spirit of truth is constantly teaching us truth and empowering and equipping us. And as we grow in developing God, we learn how to apply his truth. Not only does he give us truth, he teaches us how to apply the truth. And our relationships, our church, our finances, our minds, our health, and so forth. Do you ever notice that whatever area you are in, God helps you to apply truth? And you know you need it because when you go to work, you need God's truth. You need God's truth. When you have relationships, you need God's truth. And sometimes truth is, puts you in a position that you are not saying what you would have said if you didn't have God's truth. 
If you didn't have God's truth, you might be able to tell somebody off. But God's truth will hold your tongue sometimes. Because you realize this too shall pass. This is only temporary. Only temporary. I'm not going to respond to this because what? This is only what? Temporary. I mean, if not, you'll respond to everything everybody say. Everything everybody say, you'll be responding to it. But now, truth says, hey, this ain't, this ain't even worth me getting involved in. That's what truth would do for you. Because he'll say, hey, why are you responding to that? You know, the Holy Spirit never said to you, hey, you bigger than that. You bigger than that. You bigger than that. As, as we grow and develop in God, we learn how to apply the truth in God's word. We learn how to have confidence in him. We learn how to trust God in our finances, our minds, our health, and so forth. Now, truth will liberate us from ourselves and from the opinion of others. And truth can be confrontational, but godly truth has helped me over the years to not only hear the word of God, but to apply the word and receive godly results. And the third point I'll bring to you is this. The Holy Spirit gives me power. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. But you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you should be witness to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and Samaria, and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. But you shall receive power, strength, ability, more strength, force, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses. Notice, he gave us the power to be witnesses. To uh, a person who sees and experiences an event. What am I experiencing? I'm talking about Jesus. How Jesus delivered me. How Jesus healed me. Remember we talked about what Jesus, we saw it for ourselves. We know God meets needs. He showed it to us. So in turn, we can tell people his word works. We can tell others, hey, you know, I'm going through something similar. It didn't happen as fast as I wanted. But you know what? I held on to his word. And it worked for my life. And that same God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. If it worked for me, I know it will work for you as well. And you need to be able to tell others with conviction that if it worked for me, it will work for you too. You tell them, hey, Jesus is still Lord. I know what they're saying out there, but Jesus is still Lord. I know they say it ain't going to work, but Jesus is still Lord. I know they say that it ain't working like it used to, but Jesus is still on the throne. I've seen God go through a, a number of different folks, a number of different things, uh, but God is still Lord of Lords. He's still King of Kings. He's still meet need. His word still works. His word still delivers. His word still protects. His word still prospers. It's still working. Tell somebody it's still working. His word is still working. His word is still working. Somebody say it with me. His word is still working. Say it with me. His word is still working. It's still working. He has a divine, divine purpose for that strength, power, and ability that to be a witness for him. That's why the Holy Spirit gives us courage, insight, and ability to tell others about the delivering, protecting, and prospering power of Jesus. See, it takes courage to be able to share Jesus knowing you might get rejected, ridiculed, or laughed at, and so forth. Sometimes you may be telling people about Jesus, and they ask you questions you probably can't even answer. But you know what? You still tell them anyway. You tell them anyway, because once you do it, you just shake the dust off your foot because you did your part. 
or you're off your feet because you did your part. God has given us as believers to tell the story. Now, this is what you, when you tell people about what God did for you, and they start questioning about, no, they, they can't question about what you, God did for you. And one of the things I love about God is the keeping power of God. Oh, God can keep you. And they can't nobody deny the fact that God is keeping you. It's our testimony. We're eyewitness to his power changing our lives for the better. And one thing I want you to understand, I love the fact that he's keeping us while we're still changing. We're still being molded and perfected into the image of Christ, and he's still keeping us. You know, it's good to know that when you can go through life challenges, God will still keep you. He'll keep you. I know we talk about he'll keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. I thank God he is a keeper. He keep you even though you change it. We change him. Listen, I changed from the beginning of this year to, to now. He's still keeping me. He's still keeping me. The fact that I changed from yesterday to today, he's still keeping me. I love the fact he's still keeping us. He is a keeper, y'all. And God can keep you if you want to be kept. Woo, thank you, God. And, and I love the fact that even though we're changing, even though we're going through many different changes, he is still keeping us. And what I love about witness is I get to tell my story of how Jesus delivered, protected, and prospered us regardless of what others think or say about us. And what God has done, is doing, and promised to do individually as well as corporately is real. And others may deny, but they cannot delay his promises in our life. No one knows, like we do, how Jesus kept us before and after salvation. After, and it's assurance that he continues to keep us. No one knows our story like our, we know our story. The Holy Spirit is, therefore the Holy Spirit is essential and beneficial because he gives us power to tell our story to others. So three reasons to ask. Because the Holy Spirit is a helper. The Holy Spirit is truth. The Holy Spirit gives us power. He's a helper, spirit of truth, and he gives us power. Takes us back to our text, Luke 11 and 13. Before we go Luke 11 and 13, I'm going to read to you 9 and go down to 13. Luke 11, chapter 11, verse 9 through 13. So I say to you, ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened to you. So I say to you, ask, desire, or call, and it shall be given to you. Seek, inquire, or find out, and you will find. Knock, and it shall be open to you. When I say knock, strike a surface to attract attention. How do you know somebody at your door? They knock it. Know what Jesus said? I stand at the door and knock. I stand at the door. But you don't know they're there unless they... You know, before ring cameras came and other cameras like that came, somebody could stand at your door. You wouldn't know they were there unless they knocked. Especially you got them deep, that wood that you can't see, no windows at the door. You, I mean, somebody could be standing at your door. You wouldn't even know they were standing there. I, I've lived long enough to, to go to the door and open the door before somebody got there, and I almost jumped back out of my clothes because <laughs> I didn't know they were there. How do you know somebody's there? 
He's knocking. Let me say this to you. Jesus is there. Revelation, he says this, I stand at the door and knock. I stand at the door and knock. Now, verse 10, for everyone who asks, receive, and he who seeks, find, and to him who knocks, it will be open. Isn't that a promise, a wonderful promise? When you ask, you're going to receive. When you seek, you're going to find. And you knock, it's going to be open. Isn't that a wonderful promise? That, that, that is a wonderful promise to me. That means that God is going to meet my needs as long as I stay in his will and his purpose for my life. And then he says this, if a son asks for bread, I don't know if he had that same bread we had earlier, that one that just caught the oven about 10 minutes ago with the honey and the butter on the side. But if, if he asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? Notice how the word ask is used in this collection of verses multiple times, at least four times. Ask can be defined, remember, as to request or to do something or ask for something. I ask for thing, I ask for things that I deem as valuable. And you know, each time that you ask, seek, and knock, you're looking for something. You're looking for something. You're looking for something. You're after something. And then somebody, I remember somebody told me a while back that when you ask, seek, and knock, if you use the first letter of each word, it's called an acronym, and it is, it still says ask. It still says ask. We're still asking. We're still seeking. We're still knocking. But what we're asking for was in the will of God. Then he goes on to verse 13. If you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more, how much more will the Heavenly Father give, supply, or furnish the Holy Spirit to those who ask or make a request or say something to obtain something from him. The ball's in our court. I hope I've showed you through scripture how valuable the Holy Spirit is for you to ask for. I hope I show you that it, it's not just a one-day event, but he wants to be your helper for your lifetime. He wants to be your power for your lifetime. He wants to be your guide for your lifetime. I mean, you get up in the morning, he wants to guide you. When you go to sleep at night, he wants to be your provider. He wants to be there with you. Never leave you nor forsake you. He wants to be there for you. He wants to be there for you. And think about this. Who wants to be at a place you're not welcome at? I'll be honest with you, I've been at the place where people have knocked on my door. I found out what they wanted, and I, I, I hope I politely, I refused their entrance. I refused their entrance because I didn't, want, I didn't want them to come to my house. I didn't want them to come to my house because I didn't want what they had. Are y'all following me here? I pray that you want what the Father has. I pray that you want the Holy Spirit. I pray that you, if you already got it, you want to be filled again with the Holy Spirit. 
that he'll continue to lead and to guide you in the all truth. I pray that once you get it, you'll continue. You won't just have it, but it'll be a valuable part of your life. I mean, every day you and the Holy Spirit have a conversation. Every day, y'all go through scriptures. Every day, y'all will have a conversation. Every day, y'all will pray. Every day, he'll lead and guide you. Even when it seemed like he's quiet, he's not, it seemed like you don't feel him, but by faith, you know he's there. I pray that you'll ask the Father for the Holy Spirit. Have you asked for the Holy Spirit? Have you asked for the Holy Spirit? Stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Have you asked for the Holy Spirit? Thank you, Lord. Have you asked for the Holy Spirit? Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we're so grateful. So grateful for your presence. So grateful for your anointing. So grateful for the Holy Spirit. Father, we don't take the Holy Spirit for granted because he is our helper. He is power. He is our guide to all truth. And Father, there's many other attributes about the Holy Spirit we could go over. But Father, if we get these and add on as the the Spirit of God leads, we will continue to mature and grow in you. Father, we bind the enemy right now that will try to tell us that the Holy Spirit is not for us. That will try to tell us that what we're doing for Christ is not meaningful or beneficial to our lives. But Father, I pray for my brother, I pray for my sister, that each one of us will operate in the Holy Spirit. And Father, I pray, Father, we'll make an earnest and sincere request to you, the Father, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And not only feel, sometimes be filled again. Not only be filled again, but to continually be filled. And Father, I thank you for that today. I thank you for my brothers. I thank you for my sisters in Christ who are led by the Spirit of God, who, have, who, who understand that if we have not the Spirit of God, we're none of His. Who understand that it's important that we operate in or have the Holy Spirit. I don't believe, God, you would have gave us this scripture if this wasn't important. If it wasn't valuable. If we didn't need this in our everyday life. When we go to school, when we operate our business, when we go to our workplaces, when we go home or in shopping or wherever we go. We need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. We cannot function godly without the Holy Spirit. Father, I pray for my brother. I pray for my sister. 
Yes, God. That they were earnestly desired the Holy Spirit. Earnestly desired. Because if we ask, if we seek, and if we knock, we shall have what we desire. In Jesus' name we pray. Before we go in the next part of the service, I want us all just to take a moment to lift our hands before God. And I want us to ask the Father for the Holy Spirit. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that I myself, that my brothers and sisters in Christ would have and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Father, I pray for this church. I pray for this body of believers that, Father, you will fill us again with the Holy Spirit. Father, I pray that we'll be with that the purpose of the Holy Spirit will be fulfilled in our lives. Your purpose, your power, your be to be a witness, to lead in God in all truth. Father, I pray for truth in our lives. I pray for you be a helper, Jesus. I pray you'll be a comforter, Jesus. I pray, God, that we will sincerely ask you to fill us with the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Let's clap and give our Jesus another big hand of praise in the sanctuary. We pray that you have been blessed and inspired by today's message. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your prayer requests and testimonies to our website at occvr.org. That's occvr.org. We would like to invite you to partner with us as we share the gospel all around the world. Just go to our website at occvr.org. Click on the Give button to give online. Or you can utilize text to give Text GIVE to the number 770-692-2225. That's 770-692-2225. Join us on our YouTube channel, subscribe to our podcast, and connect with us on social media. We also invite you to join us in a live service. We're located at 3097 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia. Visit our website for more details at occvr.org. Until next time, remember, without a vision, the people perish. See you next time for more Heaven Bound with Pastor Richard D. Dobbs of Overcomers Christian Center in Villarica, Georgia.